0: Today we welcome Stan Bolton to the podcast. He was a member of the grand jury that heard key evidence in this case. And Stan is here. He's never done a formal interview before that's been recorded. So, first of all, welcome, Stan. Thank you. Okay, so, Stan, did you ever think that you would be doing an interview ten years after you sat on that grand jury? Nope. The case is still around, though. We're still talking about it. Yep, it's hard to believe. Hard to believe.
1: Yeah, talk, let's talk about that, Stan. So, so ten years ago, because I love Liz's question. Ten years ago, you're sitting in that grand jury. If someone had said to you, you know, ten years from now, people are still going to want to interview you about what you're witnessing. What would you
0: have told them?
2: Probably say, "I, you're crazy."
0: <laughs> you're crazy. Was there? Was I mean, there? Was there anything during dude, you that?
2: Thought, you know, over time, it would have eventually gone away, but it still, you know, pops up. You know, occasionally something occurs and people, you know, you don't hear a lot about it, though. I mean, you don't, you almost have to kind of dig and look uh, to hear anything more about it. You don't, it's not on the front pages anymore. It's usually around locally here, it might be on the third or fourth page and it might be just a paragraph or two.
0: Well, that's way more than there is anywhere else, yeah. if there's anything. But but can you go back to the grand jury itself when you were there and you were on it? Is there anything, take yourself back to that time. Is there anything uh, from that time, that grand jury, those days that you said, wow, we're going to be talking about this for a long time?
2: Uh, because of the, you know, they kind of primed us a little bit that this was a very sensitive and probably will be, uh, I don't know if how you put it, they, I think, I think they knew this was, could explode on them, you know, I'm just guessing, you know, because of the people involved in, you know, university and that. So they, you know, reemphasize, don't talk to anybody and, you know, and, you know, and let that thing go forward and, you know, with the investigation. So, um, I could, You know, I thought, well, it, maybe it could, but I didn't see some of the effects that it had on some of the people, though. I mean, he, he, I would have never thought, you know, Joe would have been left go over the whole thing. Um, and that was probably one of the, you know, thing that talked about the most about it.
1: So, Stan, let's, before we get into your experience on the grand jury, let's just give a little bit of, of background on you. Uh, now, to be clear, you you have been a longtime Penn State football fan, correct yes All right, and and do you think that that colors your prism through which you see what you witnessed in the at the grand jury and everything that happened after that
2: I, I don't think it does because I mean as a grand jury we just listen to the people that come into the jury room and they give their uh you know, their outtake of what happened, you know, they. You know the grand jury is looking for facts. That's what they do. That's all we do. We don't make decisions of any, you know, guilt or anything like that. So we're just there as a fact-finding, you know, group, and that allows them to decide then whether to go forward or not with a case. So, um,
1: so you think you were able to put your biases aside and look at what you saw objectively?
2: I... I mean, I, I, you know, you listen, I would like to think that you can. I mean, I, I mean, I enjoyed football, but, you know, the, in the beginning, the, the case when we started had really nothing to do with football, and that kind of evolved as it moved forward, but then my term stopped, so you didn't get to listen to the other parts. So, you know, it came bigger on that part, afterwards and i wasn't involved anymore
1: but but what's it's 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 important that you point that out because one of there's so many very strange elements of this case in general and the grand jury in particular you you kind of diminished your your particular grand jury when in fact i think it's the opposite because what most people don't know even people who have studied this case is that the grand jury that actually indicted Jerry Sandusky, and then that led to the indictments of Gary Schultz and Tim Curley. Didn't actually see much of the evidence. It was your grand jury that witnessed the key testimony—the testimony, for instance, of Joe Paterno and Tim Curley and Gary Schultz and Aaron Fisher and some others. So, so you actually were there at the heart of the case. You, you do you you agree with that assessment, right? Correct. Right.
2: Yeah, I mean, some of the you know beginnings of key people, we did hear their their testimony. And unfortunately, I, I read an article one time where some of our weaknesses with the grand juries, of course, is we, you know, by law, we serve two, two years at the most, and then it stops, and then another one picks up. And of course, then they have all, access to all the transcripts and all the information. Uh, but they, you know, actually don't hear the actual people.
0: Well, can you explain that a little bit further, Stan? Because I don't know if I understand this grand jury. How did you? How did you get involved in this? What happens? Do you get a it's, call? It's a or random.
2: Letter? It's a random act. I mean, there's you don't volunteer in, in Pennsylvania. Well, you're, you're. I think it's based on your on the tax rolls. They randomly select people from different parts of the county in Pennsylvania, and uh, and I think there was like 200 or 250 people initially sucked at the work grand jury I mean, you don't hear one case. You're not selected for one case. We had, like, I think uh, over 50, 60 cases that you hear different parts throughout two years. And what they do there, they are, uh, you know, a part of, uh, I think, the attorney general's office, and they gather information. And then from that, they determine whether or not they're going to bring, you know, Charges against individuals or companies or whatever that's being investigated, and the grand juries are used to help subpoena and get information. And so every couple well, years or so, they have to get people for the grand jury, and there's a selection process. And one day, I got a letter that said, you know, you had to report to your county um, jury center, and there was a you know process that you went through, and there's all these people there. And they start filtering through, you know, the people. There were some people there that was obviously weren't going to be eligible because they had health disabilities. Mm. So they, you know, had reasons to dismiss them. And so the number gets cut down. And then we had to fill out a lot of paperwork, you know, of uh, survey questions and that. And then through that, I think they eliminated some more that weren't eligible. And then it was another random process of the people who was left they got selected and then to go to Harrisburg to go through another process.
0: <laughs> wow. And
2: uh, then I, I think it's like a, a pool of 50 people and they have to narrow it down then to, to 35. I think it was. You had 25 and then 10 backups. And uh, so through that process, uh, somehow, I, as I said, you were the lucky one to make it through the process. So <laughs> we go up there and... Uh, uh, people will then talk to the judge again why they can't, serve or whatever reasons, and uh, and to get off, you have to have a really you right. know, good reason. Just because I don't want to do it doesn't count. Right, it's more uh, maybe a financial reasons or right. something like that. So it's quite a
1: process for for you to be yeah, on this grand it, jury, and it, it was quite a right. commitment of time. Right. And and yeah. and you were there, and I I. I, I neglected to mention probably the biggest name, most important name, whose testimony you saw, which we'll talk about shortly, which is Mike McQuarrie. You were also there for Mike McQuarrie's testimony, which we don't even have a transcript of, which is quite amazing, uh, from the grand jury. So you witnessed that. And so... I know this was a long time ago, uh, I, 10 years ago, but I also know that you have a, a good memory and that you, you've thought a lot about this over the last 10 years. Let's go through some of the key figures that you saw testify around 10 years ago and, and tell me what your assessment of them was. Let's start, before we get into the Penn State angle on this, let's, let's start with Aaron Fisher because Aaron Fisher had a really difficult time. Testifying at uh, at any grand jury, but specifically at yours. What do you remember about witnessing Aaron Fisher's testimony?
2: Well, I'd say he was he was a young young person, and you know he he had difficulties the first time, and then they had to you know bring him back the second time uh, because of uh, uh they he has to he had to make statements. And I, I think the first time he did So the second time he did. So it was on record. So they got it on record then of uh, what he felt happened to him with Jerry.
1: And to be clear, when you say it didn't, he, you know, the first time he wasn't able to do it. Uh, you know, the way it's been described, even in Aaron's book, is that he broke down in tears and and couldn't even answer questions. Is that is that consistent with your recollection?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What it must with, have felt know, bad though. It must felt parts, bad for him. What he states, you know. But,
1: well, what did you make of Aaron Fisher? I mean, of course, at that time you have no context. You're not hearing anything from the defense, right? You're, you're just right. you're just hearing, here's this, this teenage kid who is claiming that Jerry Sandusky molested him. What was your impression of Aaron and his story?
2: It's like, well, wow. I mean, that's all you can say. I mean, he had nothing. I mean, like I said, I always try, uh, in my mind, is be a fact finder and be non- you know, the one thing they drilled on you, you just want to listen to what the people are saying. And then you would draw conclusions based on information as you went forward. And so I always tried to do that. So, you know, based on his information, I mean, as he as he said in his book, sounds about what he said there, you know, there, you know, that was his side. And <laughs> it's like there at that point, I didn't have anything that would say otherwise. So, I mean, he just... Kind of accept, you know, at that point, what was said. Like, what I said, was our, said. we aren't there to determine, uh, well, we try to determine truth and, uh, and facts and, or what's false, but at that point, you know, it's what he said. You know, at that point, there wasn't anything to, to dispute that. So,
1: But you knew who Jerry Sandusky was. That had to be shocking to you,
2: wasn't it? Uh, personally, it was sure. I was like, I'm like, wow. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, you know, incredible.
0: Know, well, what but, did he say, though? What, what did he say? Did he just cry, or did he say something? What happened?
2: Which, that's like you, how he referenced in the book. That's pretty well accurate. You know, I would say that, that describes a good picture. You
0: know? Now,
1: eventually, he reads his testimony. Now, did you were you witness to that? Because he actually testifies three times to the grand jury. I'm not sure if you were witness to that. Does that...
2: No, did, no you, he didn't, like, when uh, we were there... Uh, you know, he
1: spoke, you know. Okay, so you must, you, must, you must have seen his first two testimonies, uh, yeah. but but eventually they think, well, you know what, those first two weren't good enough, we need to bring him back, and he reads a statement that I believe was written by his therapist who was there in the room with him, Mike Gillum, uh, but so you weren't there to witness that part. Nah. But, but now, was Aaron Fisher's testimony, it's important to point out, I, and I, I think this is interesting. You know, he testifies twice in front of your grand jury, but your grand jury does not indict Jerry Sandusky. So there must be... We
2: have, like I said, we we were just fact finders. Our term ended, and that was it. Right, but but did they ever... There was never any discussion among us or anything, uh, because we... You know the case was still ongoing, so we were done. And that was it.
1: <laughs> okay, but there, was, but just to be clear, you know, if if there had been this overwhelming evidence that Aaron Fisher was telling the truth and Jerry Sandusky was was clearly guilty, there would have been a push to indict. I mean, this is a very long period of time that you're on this grand jury, right? And, and yet, your grand jury never indicted, correct?
2: Well, we never, we were never given anything, you know, present what they call presentment. There was never. Mm-hmm. Uh, Presentment given so right.
1: we right my point my point is stan that what's what's happening here what you witnessed over a very long period of time was the prosecution trying to build their case in the safety of secrecy so that they could see what worked and what didn't what they actually had and they weren't ready to indict because they didn't think the case was strong enough that's what effectively happened here you you know you well,
2: i mean that's one interpretation well uh, you know it's an interpretation yeah i mean i'm sure you know you want to do something right you want to make sure you're you got everything so
0: you yeah, know but you had a lot you heard a lot of people you didn't just hear Aaron Fisher you heard a lot of people in this so it sounds yeah. like the, the, with the amount of people that you guys heard there would be plenty of uh, testimony to have made a presentment
1: well let's let's talk about some of the other people that that you heard let's talk about Mike McQuarrie so so I'm assuming that the, well, you tell me, what was it like when Mike McQuarrie testified in the grand jury, and what do you remember about that whole episode?
2: Well, like I said, he came in and, you know, he gave his, um, what he felt all happened. And um, I can't remember if they if there was as many questions asked or not. and uh, And likewise, and that was, you know, about it. On that one, I mean, it wasn't, uh, um, you know, he said some stuff um, um, and, and that, that allows them when they, you know, anytime they testify, the, uh, the investigators are gathering information so then they can maybe go to other people to verify what's being said. And that's, I think, what they basically, you know, do or did that in the case is now, you know, we, now you had this person said this. Now you have Mike saying this.
0: What did Mike and now say? Now you
2: go verify, you know, is there stuff to back up his statements, I you're,
1: guess. Stan, Liz asks a good question. So what do you remember <laughs> about what Mike actually said?
0: Uh,
2: Well, you said there's no—the problem I have now is, you know, I got the letter from the judge shortly after the ESPN magazine, and they kind of were a little— blunt with you know, th- talking about anything that occurred, you know, testimony-wise. So I kind of tread lightly on, mm. you know, repeating anything that can be interpreted that I'm, you know, repeating testimony that I'm not allowed to repeat. So that's why I always refer to the transcripts. And, uh, you, know, and you know, it's, you know, that's what I have to defer to at this point.
1: Okay, but, but Stan, you can give us your impressions of, uh, if if Mike McQuarrie had gone in there and said, I saw Jerry Sandusky raping a boy in the shower, and I told people about it immediately, that would have been shocking to you, wouldn't it not have been?
2: Yeah, yeah, I think it would have been, but I... But that's not like what said, happened. It but wasn't, that, you know, he gave stuff, and it was like, once again, it was like, well, okay, you know, now we're getting somewhere, I guess. Um, but, you know, now it's, um, you know, like I said, you want to find out more. I mean, it's like, you know, okay, but, but,
1: but Mike, I think but he's Stan. the first
2: one that I think supposedly witnessed something though.
1: Well, he was the only one that supposedly witnessed something, but, but Stan, yeah. did you come away after watching Mike McCreary's testimony, believing that he had witnessed Jerry Sandusky raping a boy in a Penn state shower?
2: At that point, like I said, I we, I don't make decisions. I just like wow, you know, interesting. But I, you know, I was non. To me, I was non-committal. I just, you know, it's more information, you know, and that's, but Stan, that's you... one thing. I look, you know, want to gather the whole whole picture.
0: Yeah, and, I get where you're you know, coming from.
2: Yeah, you know, I can't. I, um, I understand. Like I said, I'm Stan. trying to do my job as as a as they want us to and like okay we got this information now and you keep you know piecing it together and as we piece it together we kind of get the rug pulled out from us because we didn't get it all and we were done.
1: Stan, Stan, did you believe that Mike McQuarrie witnessed the rape of a boy in a Penn State shower when you saw him testify?
2: Like I said, that's why I, I, I just took what he said. That's it. I didn't one way or another, because you I'm know, not asking you what I, you
1: said. I, I I'm asking, I'm asking you what you believed. You've, you've told Don Van Atta of ESPN the magazine you did not find his testimony credible. So
0: hey, hey let me ask you this, and, and that's,
2: and, and that's because I gathered more information over time to say, hmm, you know, what was said and the other things that occurred. It's like, well, you know, but you know as I look back on it, if you know, if you're looking at that time, you know, it's like wow. Interesting.
1: Okay, but but, but not
2: making that you know, I'm not saying his information was credible or not incredible. I mean at that going back at that time on that day, I would have to say it's just like wow. But like going forward, it was you know, I had some things did change my mind as going forward, but but that's a mute point because I wasn't
1: okay, so, part of the so so you government. have no so you had no assessment of his credibility at the time of witnessing his testimony. It was only later when you got more information that you decided you didn't think he was credible.
2: I guess you could put it that way. Hmm. But you don't. But that's but, it, like, but that's but, my opinion. But at that point, you know, it's I just didn't feel I wasn't moved. You know, either way. I mean, I and and you try to you know, like I said. We try not to get emotional with them because, you know, we're we're supposed to try to gather the information and make it, you know, based on what we gather as accurate as possible. I, and I if get you start already, you know, uh, signing, Well, I don't think that is, and that, and or this is great or whatever. It could cloud your decision going towards the end when you decide on a case. Stan, so I, I always tried.
1: Stan, I get you were trying to be objective, but you're a human being and you get a sense as to whether or not somebody is telling you the truth or even what they said. Because I don't believe Mike McQuarrie actually said in that grand jury that he witnessed a boy being raped by Jerry Sandusky. I don't believe that's what he said in the grand jury. Am I right? Uh,
2: I'm trying to reflect that because I don't want to say something that's not accurate. That's why I'm disappointed to hear you don't have any transcripts on that. Doesn't exist. Trust me, me we're you're not on the only on one it?
0: disappointed. We are so disappointed that's why we're talking to you. It's yeah. an absolute travesty there's no transcripts because of the way this has been portrayed. Look, I get Stan where you're coming from. You get and a letter from a I, judge, I, you don't want to talk. Me
2: nervous because they were, you know, you know, I the gun by you know, statements, you know, don't be out there talking about the case and then have nothing to show. You know what was actually said then it becomes well you shouldn't be speaking about that so i'm kind of in a flux here between what was said all I'm asking for
1: Stan was your your human impressions of the testimony you saw which is more than appropriate for you to provide if in fact Mike McQuarrie had said that I witnessed a boy being raped in a shower by Jerry Sandusky and I immediately told everybody at Penn State that I saw a rape that would have been shocking information that would have been very clear to you uh that and everybody else in that grand jury that that's what he said but you're you're obviously not clear that that's what he said
2: yeah i don't like word for word like that that does not ring a bell i thought i can honestly say that and,
1: and would you not that, have remembered that if that had been what he said
2: oh yeah i would have been you know yeah, <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I, mean, I, I mean i mean if it was i mean it's been for years so, you know,
1: i mean i i mean the
2: more, you get, the more you forget but uh at the same time i mean i, I don't I don't remember having that impression of something that wrong right. being
1: said. Of course not, right. because because if that had happened, especially as a Penn State football fan, your jaw would have been on the floor. That oh my gosh, I can't believe that not only is Jerry Sandusky a pedophile, but my, you know the 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 university I've been rooting for on the football team, the football coaches and the administration, they're all covering up for this pedophile. That would have been your mind would have been blown, Stan. <laughs>
0: Hey Stan, what did yeah. the, the, the the letter threaten you with something? The letter that said don't talk about this. Have you, are you feeling? Yeah, like it, well,
2: yeah, it uh, it kind of, you know. the 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 bottom line is that they they can bring you in, and uh, supposedly there's, um, what was it? There's, we 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 uh, swore a oath of secrecy. Got it. And, therefore, if you break that oath, it's some type of, you know, charged or whatever.
1: Well, unless, unless you're part of the prosecution, in which case you can do it all you want, apparently, based okay, upon...
2: that, that but, uh, but. I didn't know that. I read that later on, that I came to find out then that, you know, prosecutors can talk about it. And mm-hmm. the individual witnesses, after done, I think done testifying, are uh, allowed to talk. Okay. But so people in the grand jury are not
1: allowed to talk. Well, we're going to talk about the circumstances that led to that letter in in a in a moment. But I just want to go. So so let's to be clear as we go through the witnesses that you saw. You have no recollection of Mike McQuarrie uh, saying that he uh, witnessed the rape of a boy in a Penn State shower and told Joe Paterno and Gary Schultz and Tim Curley about that rape. Clear. So just we're clear on that. You don't. That is not consistent with your recollection of what you witnessed. Correct.
2: Well, he... I mean he said I mean they did ask him who he talked to and he did say he talked uh
1: I got Joe that Paterno. Stan but, but the the word but rape
2: didn't, uh, I do not remember the word rape being ever used
1: anytime Okay, any time. okay. I think you. it's clear All right
0: All right I so, think it's very clear
1: So let's talk then about the other people that you witnessed
0: Stan thank you okay. for uh for doing the best you can here
1: Um so so Joe Paterno Joe Paterno testifies. That must have been a big moment for you as a Penn State football fan to see Joe
0: Paterno testify. Right, that had to be. In comes Joe Paterno. What that, was that? that? Had to yeah. be. What was that like?
2: I was like, well, there he is, it's like <laughs> sitting there, and um, and it was like, wow, you know, you know, who would have thought that we ever have, you know, one of the winning coaches and in uh, football history sitting in in our grand jury room, but (laughs) there he was.
0: Anybody, anybody, I mean, you see, you're enamored. You're enamored. The other people on the grand jury kind of enamored, like, whoa, here comes the king? No, I
2: I mean, I I never talked to them all directly what they felt, but I, you know, I I don't think they were enamored. I mean, they were like, you know, here here he is, you know, I mean, um, we got another you know, witness and he's a you know big name college football
1: okay now and so i'm sure this was a memorable moment for you did you get the impression from watching joe paterno's testimony in person that he was testifying that mike mcquery had told him that he saw jerry sandusky raping a boy in a penn state shower
2: uh he i mean conversation that was you know was short i think if i remember right he said that you know mike visited him and uh they talked and uh and I, if I i i wish i could exactly remember the words he put it i didn't know if that was in a transcript or not
1: in the in but, the in the presentment it was it was quoted as saying uh, a of a sexual nature a se- right. Sexual nature was the, the key phrase that Joe Paterno used and, and may have used for the first time uh, in that testimony. And it's possible that his interview with police just before the grand jury, based upon the police description of that interview, which doesn't use the word sex, that that phrase may have been planted in Joe Paterno's mind uh, by prosecutors just before he testified in front of you. So that was the key phrase. But I'm, I'm asking for your general impression. Did Joe seem to have a strong recollection? Was he struggling to remember? Did, did it feel like he was telling you that he had been told by Mike McQuarrie that uh, a coach, I witnessed Jerry Sandusky raping a boy in the shower?
2: I mean, from my impression is that, you know, they spoke and he, he remembers... Uh, how was it, that there was a young boy and something might have been sexual involved with it. That was about it. I mean, there wasn't any detail what or anything that I can remember.
1: Did it feel like Joe had a strong recollection of what had happened at that point 10 years earlier?
2: Mm. If he did, I mean, I didn't see, you know statement was made and I likewise it's like you know when you you, you know a, a coach you know how they're out there you know how forceful they are and this time I mean it was just just said I mean and then that was about it I mean they excused them and that was about it
1: so it's an incredibly <laughs> I mean, and that and that's not new information but it's important to point out the his his testimony was incredibly short right I mean that's that's your recollection I, of it
2: I mean I remember that. I mean, he wasn't in there very long. I don't even know if he was there in 5 minutes. I mean, it was very
1: short. And this was testimony that ended up being the key to the case as well as his own destruction uh when when this whole thing happen, breaks in in November of 2011, about a year after that actually later that year of of 2011, uh where his te- original testimony was I believe in January of of 2011 and so uh so you, you do you you don't have any sense of how strongly Joe was recollecting how, how much how strongly he believed in this or was it whether whether he was struggling to remember whether he was vague because the, the the phrases that are used are awfully vague so I mean
2: you, I I would say vague is a good word I mean it was it was said but that's about it I mean it wasn't like any emotion to it or anything like that. I mean, he just said... <laughs> I mean, it, did he seem
0: like he was trying to hide anything? Did he seem evasive at all?
2: I, I didn't think he did, but they didn't, you know, there wasn't anything to be real evasive about. I mean, because he was never asked about anything, at least while we were there. I mean, I don't know if or... Because we weren't privy to any, you know... He reports me. I know sometimes they, like, said, they interview them beforehand and that... And I don't know if they gather information from that or not, but the actual part, like I said, was short, and it was, you know, I I think, you know, I mean, I shouldn't say I think. Uh, There's always, I think, trying to show connections. So I, I guess they're trying to figure out if there was other people that was aware of it. So, you know, they're following along, okay, Mike said he talked to Joe, and then Joe, whatever he did, so, you know, and he relayed what he did then, which, you know, from best of my knowledge, was the right thing to do, was informed uh, early, I guess.
1: Okay, so last thing on Joe. So this incredibly short, vague testimony, as you just described it, it at witnessing that, what would you have said if someone had said, you know what, you, what you just witnessed is going to end Joe Paterno's career in ignominy and destroy his legacy forever? What would you have said?
2: I think well that's not possible because it wasn't much said but you know it did because you know uh, look what happened <laughs> I mean it, things you know, like you, you talk about the media how they do things I mean look what they they turned things on him you know and he lost his job and got labeled with things that you know, probably that he wasn't even was aware of.
1: You know. All right. So so let's let's move on from Joe Paterno to Tim Curley and Gary Schultz. So you see them testify. By the way, did you also see Graham Spanier testify? Do you remember? No. You did not see Graham no. Spanier. Okay. So you, you see Tim Curley and, and Gary Schultz testify. Did you find them to be believable or did you find them to be hiding or or being deceitful in any sort of way? What what was your assessment of of their truthfulness?
2: I, you know, at that point, you know, they they were the last two that we were involved with. And I felt, you know, they gave what they felt was accurate information as they best remembered it. I mean, I didn't, at that point, likewise, there wasn't anything to, at, you know, to say one way or another, you know, they, they gave, you know, their perspective of what occurred.
1: And what did you think that was? What did you, based upon Tim Curley and Gary Schultz testimony, which which you witnessed, what did you think they were saying occurred?
2: Well, they as they stated, they they didn't think anything occurred. I mean, that's what from what I was interpreting, you know. And,
1: and that was know, be- And that was believable to you.
2: Well, I mean, there wasn't any. I mean, that's what they're saying, and and I mean, there wasn't anything for me. I have nothing to say that. Well, you're lying, or you're not telling the truth. I mean, it's.
1: But you could tell whether somebody is is. You have a sense of their truthfulness, their credibility. Was there anything in Tim Curley or Gary Schultz's testimony that made you not believe them? I at, at that point, no. I mean, I was. I mean, it was.
2: You know, like I said, we 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 listened, and and they said that, and I mean, it was like, well, okay. I mean. At that point, there wasn't, you know, I didn't hear anything that you know, would have questioned anything because, you know, they gave that information and and that was, you know, put on the record, and then we were done with the case.
1: All right, I mean, so that was about it. So after witnessing Mike McQuarrie, Joe Paterno, Gary Schultz, and Tim Curley testifying, forget about Jerry Sandusky for a minute. Did you have any sense at all? That oh my gosh, Penn State had been involved in some sort of cover up for Jerry Sandusky. Uh,
2: you know, if there was, I mean, it wasn't presented yet. I mean, I from the, the from the testimony they gave so far, you know, there wasn't. You know, that's all we gathered was testimony and information and. You know, we, like I said, we were done. So there wasn't any more stuff for us to see. So to make a conclusion like that, I mean, I, I, one had any information that could make that conclusion.
1: So you had no evidence that caused you to believe that Penn State, Joe Paterno, the the administration was involved in a cover up for Jerry Sandusky. Is that accurate?
2: Well, we, well, it we, was we, at the point of the testimony. Nothing has been presented that yet. I mean, they were working towards that direction, but you know, we on our side, we have yet, we weren't exposed to anything to to show that. Well, but at that point, you know, I would, you know, there wasn't, you know, like I said, we were done. So I can't, you know, I don't know what they presented in the other thirty third part.
1: Tim Curl, Stan, Tim Curley, and Gary Schultz were charged with perjury for testimony that you witnessed. Did, did you have any reason to believe that what they told you was perjurious?
2: Well, the thing was, you would, they would have to show... You see, I don't know what went on afterwards for them to do that charge. I mean, I was Stan. aware I heard they got charged for that. Stan, I but hear I, something. I don't, know here. What, I don't know what the basis of it was. So uh, that means they somewhere the investigators must have felt something they said in their testimony... They were able to show that they were, I guess, aware of something and it was misleading. But, I, I mean, I wouldn't know what it would be.
0: Stan, you, you know, know what? Because- you must have questioned yourself a thousand times over the years because that's what it sounds like right here. Like, you guys walked out of your grand jury. You walked away from it. You didn't feel very strongly that anything had to happen at that point. But I hear you questioning yourself over and over again. Well, maybe there was something later. Maybe there was something later. Maybe they heard more later. Maybe da 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 but but it sounds like you heard from all the key people. Have you doubted yourself? Do you feel bad that you didn't do something? Is that what's going on here? Because well, no,
2: the thing is, uh, we were, you know, the only thing for me was I always wanted to see something from the beginning to the end. And in this particular situation, it was one of them where, you know, we, we were done. So never got to finish it here, gather everything to be able to really make a decision of you know how you would voted or for. And that that's where I think most frustrating is it get to see it to the end. So I know how the grand juries work and I know they bring other witnesses and people in and there's information and you digest this to make a decision. And I got part of it but I didn't get the whole part. So you know, in my mind it's like, well you
1: know, you got a you got a really big part of it, Stan. I mean, you you, you, you got the the biggest part. You you Aaron Fisher, Mike McQuarrie, Joe Paterno, Tim Curley, and Gary Schultz. That's like ninety eight percent of the prosecution case with no defense. I mean, so if you're not being convinced by this, you're never going to be convinced because this is the best they've got. But by the way, I've never even asked you this, and I don't know for sure if you would even remember. But do do you think you witnessed Matt Sandusky's testimony? No. Okay. So no. so for some reason you you're being very hesitant to give us your personal impressions which I didn't wasn't aware was going to be the but case. I
0: understand um, now that I know the, about that letter John. Well, yeah, the, the,
2: you know, that's you know, I, I, I like to stick. The one thing I would say is stick to the you know facts. And, okay, but the facts. You know, and I know there's you know there's if there's other stuff out there that I'm not aware of. Yeah,
0: yeah know, but that's not but, what was. We're not asking about asking that I'm asking for your right. personal. We'll only, we'll only imp- ask about your grand jury. I'm
1: asking about yeah. your your that's human impressions of the testimony that you saw and whether or not it was credible or not. Because you're actually on the record, and let's let's we'll go to the, we'll get to that shortly. You're on yeah, the. With the,
2: with the you know, the, the credible, you know, part is, I mean, like I said, it, it's hard to know if they're credible, yet you have everything. Okay. I mean, from what I'm they talking you of- like
0: you were cheated out of evidence is what you're saying. But I think what happens, Dan, is you're looking at this in hindsight instead of try to put yourself back in that situation. When you went home at night, did you sleep well? Did you say to yourself, I feel satisfied that we, you know, or were you upset at the end of the ordeal? Or did you say, hey, Kate, okay, we did our job?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I felt you know we well we did what we could. I mean, like I said, we didn't get to make the final decision. Okay, All right. and you know, we, like we, I said, these guys I don't think you knew open. there was I mean, a final decision, right? I didn't see decision, anything right? to sway right. me either way that they. Weren't credible or are credible. Stan, I mean, they Stan, gave their Stan, information. Stan,
1: you 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 have I know at least one kid. How many kids do you do? One, one kid. kid yeah. Okay. All right. Um, w- nice. When you when your kid's a kid um, and they tell you a story, uh, uh, your job as a parent is to assess their credibility immediately as right. to whether or not they're telling the truth or not. That's all I was asking for oh, with regard. Like I, said, to-
2: I, I didn't see, like I said, I didn't see anything to doubt them at this point. I mean, that's you know, I. You know, they gave what they felt, and you know, I—I I mean, I don't have anything to say. Well, okay. wow, I, I think he's lying. I mean, there wasn't, you know, okay, you know, we, you know, when they—they're just they're speaking, you know, and they're giving, and for me to try to say, well, is he lying or is he telling the truth? I mean, he, he's speaking, he's giving information, <laughs> and like I said, we take that information and then add it all together and look at it, and then you. Start having doubts. Well, maybe, you know, he said something here, but so and so said this, and we have information to show that. Okay. Then that's how we, you know, look at it. But you know, from them talking, it, you know, it's just like, well, they gave the information as they saw it, and that was it. And okay, then,
1: Stan. So when they, so when the crap hits the fan, so your your grand jury gets dismissed, you don't indict anybody, uh, and another grand jury does eventually indict. Uh, and in November of 2011, later that year after your grand jury is done with its work, uh, Jerry Sandusky is arrested, Tim Curley and, and, and Gary Schultz are, are charged, uh, Joe Paterno is fired. When all that's going down, what is your impression as you're, I'm sure, uh, thinking back to what you had witnessed? Uh, are you buying all this? Or what is your assessment of what's happening?
2: Well, since that all occurred after we were done and I had no further information, <laughs> Joe, I felt bad for. I felt bad because, you know, I, I don't feel that uh, the media well, – uh, one thing that, that gets missed a lot was I think a couple times uh, the Attorney's General Office came out and even said Joe Paterno was not a person of interest. Now, you might think, well, you know, so, but that's, that's very strong because the Attorney General Office, if they feel that somebody did something wrong, I guarantee it, they, they don't care who you are. They will, you know, go for justice against that person, no matter if you were a coach or a millionaire or whatever, they will. And for them to come out and say that, and I think they came out and say it a couple times, that would indicate, you know, I would think to, to the public, and I know to me that, you know, they weren't finding anything, you know, because they were the ones saying it. So, and
1: in fact, Joe, yet, in fact, Joe Paterno was praised by the attorney general's office at the very beginning, and and in, and Sarah Ganem's first article about this, the headline is Joe Paterno praised for his handling of sex abuse suspicions involving Jerry Sandusky. But the narrative in the media changed. <laughs> a couple of days later for various reasons that we've gotten into. So all right, so you see the crap hit the fan and and time goes by and Jerry Sandusky gets convicted and you start to learn more about the details of the case, the other parts of the picture that you were not able to see when when you remember the grand jury and and eventually you reach out to me. And uh, and and we have numerous conversations where you expressed uh, great skepticism about uh, almost every element of this case. Why did you reach out to me, and why did you have skepticism about the nature of the case?
2: I was trying to get a, another understanding, and I think the thing that had me confused and was trying to get more input on and more information, and you seemed to had it, was uh, trying to understand how, I guess, Curly and Schultz got charged, and yet in the case against Jerry, the jury found that thing that occurred in the shower as they they had the charges dropped or found not guilty or something of them charges regarding the shower thing.
1: To be clear, Jerry and, Sandusky was found not guilty on the worst allegation in the Mike McQuery episode. So, we'll, right. we'll, for lack of a better term, the rape allegation, uh, Jerry Sandusky was found not guilty on that. Right.
2: So I'm trying to understand how you know a jury that found that not guilty, and that gets turned around, and guys got charged for that. And eventually was in trial for years over where one section said not guilty by jury trial, but that same situation later on is used again to charge these guys. And that, that's one thing that always baffled me, and I was trying to get an understanding of that. And
1: uh, and you also— like
2: I said, I felt Joe, And I felt Joe got the raw in, and I think a lot of people realize that. You know, I, I'm you know, I I try to think back of how many you know, even going forward now all these other things that have occurred like the case out in Michigan State there and everything else, you know, you you hear all these police reports that were filed or complaints filed, and I always wonder, well, how many complaints was filed against Jerry? And I'm only aware of the one where they were uh, all the young boys or in the shower there, and it was like a 100-page document. But at the end of the day, it was determined that there was no misconduct done, and it was done by an independent. It wasn't done by the university or anything like it was a that. District, it
1: was a district attorney. You're talking about the 1998 yep. Victim 6 yep. episode, which yep. was determined to be unfounded. And so you're asking— good questions. You're putting all the pieces together. Uh, you're feeling confused about Tim Curley and Gary Schultz, why they were charged the way that they were. You thought that Joe Paterno got a raw deal, but you also expressed to me that you did not believe that Mike McQuery was credible. And based upon that, uh, I, uh, it's stupidly, it turns out, uh, I uh, told Don Vanatta of ESPN uh, about your existence, because he was doing a, an ESPN the Magazine article on Mike McQuery And uh, and so this is one of the stranger elements of this whole fiasco, where I uh, asked Don Vanatta to assure that you, if you agreed to speak to him about your assessment of Mike McQuery and the grand jury, that you would be given anonymity. Do you remember this? Yes. And and this was clear cut. I mean, I, I sent you an email from Don yes, Vanatta. <laughs> yep. I sent you an email from Don Vanatta where he clearly promises me he would protect your anonymity. Is that correct?
2: That, that's that's <laughs> the email that you sent me. That's what it said.
1: Yes. It could not have been more clear.
2: <laughs> could, I would think so. And then also, when he contacted me, the first. Statement he started out with was re-verifying that statement. That I do not, you, you, you know, the article's pretty well done written. I'm just want to, you know, get your input on some stuff to see what you think. And I have no intentions. You know, I have, you know, I'm not using you in the article or anything like that. So you don't have to worry. I'm not, you know, you will not, you know, this is confidential, and I'm not using your, you know you know, your name and anything
1: else. <laughs> All right. And so, so, so we know
2: how that turned out.
1: <laughs> okay. We'll we'll, we'll we'll get to how that turned out in a second. So, so based upon Don Venata assuring me and you directly that your anonymity would be protected, you do an interview with him, uh, for ESPN, the magazine, it's over the phone, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. Okay. And to our knowledge, it's not been recorded and, and he didn't tell you he recorded you, did he?
2: Not that I'm aware of. Okay. I, didn't I think he did. Okay. You know, I, thought, I thought he was just jotting down some notes because I was under the impression he was just trying to get a feel that his article was on on board, that it was good. Right. Which I thought was neat that he was trying to. Making an, an article that was accurate
1: well so i thought the well, same no. thing
0: well, what, what, wow it's neat uh, you know Neato's. that's a novelty
1: yeah somebody's you know, you're trying,
0: trying to make sure an, an article's accurate what a novelty <laughs>
1: it is, that is a novelty in this case especially wow. especially in this day and age um and i thought the same thing i gave him the benefit of the doubt and that was clearly a mistake on on my part but just to be clear you did tell him that you had doubts about mike mcquery's credibility correct
2: I, b- I believe I did i mean he you know was that was i can't remember word for word what all I said back then because it was it's been a while and it was uh you know sitting out in my car and chit chatting with him and uh um uh, but i you know I might have you know expressed at that time um before I got my letter
0: <laughs> hey uh, Stan, I, I think all you have to say is is like you're you're hedging with us a little bit but were you what were what was your tone when you were with him were you freely talking to him
2: yeah yeah because I was under the impression I mean this is how bad it was I mean I felt a blind sinker you know we're just talking about some general topics in that you know and about going to school and how he went to school and this that and you know just general you know good old stuff you know I so, thought yeah this guy's pretty neat you know he's down to earth and you know uh, you know he's, he's trying to you know He's not really, you know, hitting any hard line questions and anything else and so I thought, Well, oh, this this is all right, you know.
1: So you believe you are you are freer with him than you're being with us because at that point you'd not received a letter from the judge threatening you. Right, right him. you know. Okay. So. And and so and so you tell him that you had doubts about Mike McCreary's credibility in that grand jury. Just to be clear, you you told him that, right?
2: I think it was more something that he said that got my attention that I guess put the doubt in my head I guess.
1: What was that?
2: Oh, uh, uh, well, that's what it got me in trouble with the judge.
1: <laughs> okay. So there was so, so there was something that Mike McQuery said that you don't want think, to
2: t- Yeah, I think there I think there's for some reason, I'm just guessing, is there something I said and I only not even sure what I said. And then I think it got out there on message boards or something. Because I was told my name was popping up on these message boards all over the place about this case. And I, to this day, I have tried to find what it might have been. I even reread the little article where I'm in the little blip on the ESPN magazine that, for some reason, something that I got attributed to Struck a nerve with somebody, and I don't know what it is. And it kind of scares me because it. it uh, <laughs> All
1: right, well, it, we're like- good. We're gonna get to the conspiracy. Okay, ele- okay. We're gonna get to the conspiracy element of this uh, uh, <laughs> shortly. But, but so so clearly, and, and I didn't really. It's it's obvious to me that both the letter and your wife have dramatically impacted your your uh, uh, willingness to speak freely in this interview, which is his fine. Wife,
0: his wife's concerned. Yeah,
1: is that a fair uh, assess? Uh, Is that a fair? If
2: I if I nailed that I mean, one, Stan. Fair,
0: fair assessment. Okay, all right. I I know people. Not everybody wants to know
2: the truth. Okay, so. <laughs> fair enough.
0: Okay, so so we got Stan, that. And that's a big statement you just made. Not everyone wants to know the truth. Okay,
1: so so we're dealing handy. We're handicapped here, but I'm still going to try <laughs> to get. To, I'm, I'm still going to try to get to the bottom line here. So. All right, so you you tell Don Venata you you don't feel as if uh, Mike McCreary was credible. Uh, There were problems with his credibility, and that grand jury even had a specific reason for that. Uh, You're convinced that something that you said has has hit a nerve. When the article comes out, I am shocked and appalled uh, on many levels, one of which was that none of the things that Don Venata told me that were going to be in the article or in the article— and then one of the major things that he told me would not be in the article actually <laughs> is, and it's not just your name, which was appalling, but it was where you live and where you work. That's terrible. now yeah. that's terrible. What was your reaction when that happened, and what happened to you as a result of that
2: well i I'm working at my in the area that I work, and my assistant manager comes up to me and says, "I got a phone call for you." I thought, well, that's strange, and I answer it. I thought it might be something relieving about where I work at, and this lady starts talking to me about wanting to have an interview with me regarding my uh, input with this uh, article. I am like, what is she talking about? Then she proceeded to tell me that you know it came out today, you know, and that you know your your name is being mentioned. I thought my name's being mentioned. What? And then I get home and there's another record, a message on the the machine, and then your name, you're on there saying, "Stan, give me a call, ASP." You know, something's <laughs> something's going on here, and then you want to find out if I changed my agreement with them, and I'm like, I didn't change anything. I said, you know, what's going on? And you explained to me what was all happening. I'm like, holy crap. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it wasn't funny at the time, and, and you got bombarded, did you not, with people who— I mean,
2: I, got, I had uh, a couple different phone calls coming in for a couple days. Yeah, yeah.
0: But so, just, uh, what, about, what about a couple different—what do you mean by that?
2: Uh, there was like three or four different people from our local papers— a oh,
1: reporters trying, uh,
2: are calling. Okay. Reporters and that. But okay. but
1: you also had reaction from from everyday people. Did you not, or did I misinterpret yeah, that? I
2: had uh, a guy at work comes up to me and say, "Hey, you know, way to stand up or something like that." I'm like, "Oh boy, what's he talking about?" And they start talking about things, and I'm thinking, uh, "I don't think I said that."
1: <laughs> now
2: I'm thinking where where's this all coming from? And, and one guy he said his uh. I don't know, it was either a friend or somebody in West Virginia or something, called him up and says, hey, you know, do you work with a guy out there at your work, you know? <laughs> <All right. laughs> So-and-so, and he's so- like, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, man, I'm like, oh. So- and then it, it happened, you know, a freaking letter showed up soon at my door, you know.
1: <laughs> the The letter from the judge, you mean? Yeah. Okay. Well, let, let's but let's first deal with Don Vanatta because obviously I was infuriated that Don Vanatta had <laughs> had lied to me and betrayed you, and I didn't even realize that he had made the the deal clearly with you uh, on the phone. Um, you know, we both tried to get a straight story from Vanatta. What was your impression of Vanatta's explanation for what he did?
2: Uh, from someone, I, it wasn't me directly. Somebody. I it was one of the reporters later on uh, told me that um, Vanani felt that he didn't have an agreement with me. He only had an agreement with you. And I'm like, huh? Right. <laughs> that, I, that don't make any sense at all. I mean, it definitely said in the email that, you know, he wasn't going to be using my name or anything. And <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. You know, and I don't. And I heard this is all third-party uh, people that are on these message boards or whatever. Uh, they were beating him up because you know they all felt the same way. You know, you talk to somebody where you agreed to provide secrecy too and you turn around and put their name right out there
0: you don't need and, a message board for that to, to for anyone to tell and, you that that's wrong you don't need a but, message you know, board. and
2: then I think he was on the radio and I think they ha- asked him about that too and he really couldn't give an answer uh, and he never reached out after that even of course not did now, you
0: try to get him did you call him and that, say what the heck oh, man you know
2: what if he lied to me like that I want no dealings with him at all period I thought you know why you know you, you know no matter what he says you know how do you believe him at this point i mean he already lied to me once he lied to you right so you know yeah you know, I'm, I'm really sorry Stan oh yeah I bet you you really are what you do know? you believe uh, about I, a story I, you know, he it,
0: writes let me ask you that just, question when a reporter will lie to you or a journalist or writer will lie to you what do you believe about a story they write
2: well that's it i mean <laughs> its stay on head you know what do you believe you know i to me personally you know i i have you know i don't I don't even really follow
1: him. I don't even know if he's still employed there at ESPN or not. No, he, he is. Does. He's got his own TV show. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, he's he, no repercussions whatsoever for doing this. Now, I, I, I'm I'm still infuriated by it, and I'm still mystified by it because I don't even understand what his motivation was. And this well, is and this is where things get potentially conspiratorial. And as you know, Stan, I'm I'm a ardent anti-conspiracy person, but. There's got to be a reason why Don Van Atta would do that. I mean, your name, your hometown, and your occupation and, and employer
2: is not all
1: that important information that,
2: that, to me. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't see anything in there that was like a game changer. Well, what? what I mean,
1: there has to be a reason for him to do that. There has to be—Liz, you would agree, right? There, there, for someone to break their word like that, there's got to be a reason. And there's no question about that. You got I, pressure from somewhere? Know, I don't know.
2: Let's say that it's it's odd. I mean, very odd. Okay. I well, mean, it doesn't and th- make sense.
1: Okay, and then things get odder, much, much odder, after the article comes out. So, again, I don't know— why he did this. He didn't ever gave me an explanation that was satisfactory. The idea that somehow his agreement was with me and not you is, as you said, completely and totally absurd. And I didn't even know about the part about him making the deal with you directly. So he lied. So why would he do this? I mean, not just to put your name, but your hometown and your employer, it's so over the top that there's got to be an explanation. So soon after this, you get a letter from the judge, which which effectively shuts you up and is even shutting you up to a certain degree during this this interview. But then things get really weird because, and and this gets very complicated, so I'm going to try to summarize it, and you you tell me whether or not this is an accurate summary. So not long after this article comes out, your son, who we've already referenced, gets charged— in uh, effectively a child porn ring, is that accurate?
2: Uh, he was accused of downloading porn, child porn.
1: Right. Yes. Okay, and uh, and and to be clear, you never, you've never believed that your son was guilty of this, correct? Correct. Okay, and so, uh, you're you're baffled as to why your son is being uh, accused of this by the authorities and you start to uh, do a lot of investigation into the background of this and uh, you get some paperwork which you've sent to me and uh, where you find out who signed off on uh these allegations being made against your son and what was the name of the person who signed off on uh on on these charges against your son
2: yeah it was uh that was officer baker of the northern regional police and then and with uh uh, eschbach, uh on uh on the county level
1: eschbach who, who who's eschbach
2: well uh Dave, i think it's david eschbach i think so he, Dave, he's a district magistrate right
1: so what? david david eschbach mm-hmm. was the the judge who signed off on these charges correct right and david eschbach is the husband of Janelle Eshbach, the lead prosecutor in the Sandusky case during the grand jury, correct?
2: That's all official. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I mean, these are you talk Pennsylvania's about beautiful person. like facts. I mean, okay. these are the facts. I mean, here you got. Okay,
1: all right. now, again, I'm an anti-conspiracy person, but this is as chilling as it gets. That you have a situation where your name. Is used in a national article d- d- uh, combating the credibility of of Janelle Ashbach's key witness. Her, her, I mean, this is this is basically her, effectively her son. During this, I mean, she's babysitting him via emails that we now have. I mean, she, she, he's her baby, and 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 you are are going after his credibility in ESPN the magazine. And then all of a sudden, right after this article comes out, your son gets charged in a child porn ring signed off on by her husband. Now, do you see the dots the way I do on this?
2: All I can say is, you know, it's all documented, you know, facts of, you know, how the charges were brought and everything else. I mean, like, you know, <laughs> there it is. I mean, I, I can't. <laughs>
0: What uh, whatever happened with your son? How did well, this happen?
1: So, so eventually, okay. this to be clear, your son was was never convicted of anything in this situation, correct?
2: Correct. Yeah, it was a uh, very long, punishing. I mean, you know, you're guilty the minute you know you're charged. <clears throat> That's how it works. I mean, you know, they uh, it, uh, the the uh, he was served papers in. Uh, it was in July, <clears throat> July 31st. Um, he was the uh, where he was living at was raided by a combination of uh, the local police and the FBI. And the oddity was he didn't get arrested that day, which is unusual because most of the time they hit these places, <clears throat> the stuff sitting all over the place. So then, eventually. We got, he got charges were filed against him, and then I think it was in October is when we went to Eschbach, and that's when it was turned over to the to what they call the county court. And district magistrate determined that there was enough evidence here to have the charges formally filed. So then you know it goes to what they call the county court. Then.
1: And what was the final resolution?
2: Well, there's a lot of. You talk about oddities. You know, we're supposed to be given the uh, evidence that they used to uh, make these charges. And you're po- and once you know we commit that we were you know going to go to the county court, you're supposed to receive that in a short period of time. Nothing happens. February is when we first got the official documents of why he was being charged. The, the, the first documents we got was the accusations of, this is what you did, and now go in and see the judge. I mean, you barely had time to read them, and you go in and see um, Eschbach. So uh, we I started, you know, when we first got that information, started looking over it. And sometimes it's, you know, if I would have been, if I have never had any grand jury experience, we probably would have ended up maybe pleading out or something. But being exposed for two years of how investigations work, I started going through all the stuff. And I noticed, so we started looking at dates and times. We come to realize that the date and time on some of the, supposedly when things were going on, when he was downloading stuff, we come to realize he wasn't here. He was was with me up in the mountains, 200 miles away. And the computer that supposedly was doing all this wasn't even there. It was turned off and was at our place because there was a situation one time when he uh, left his computer at some place. It disappeared. So going forward, we said, you know, stuff like that stays at our house. So so we saw these, you know, we saw this. I thought, well, this is very odd because... We know that that computer was turned off. And so it gets me thinking, well, wait a minute, then where? how are they getting all this information? Because they claim that he was uh, having communications with an undercover FBI officer in Oklahoma or something. (laughs) And they were sharing or downloading right. these files.
1: So, so Stan, bottom but, line is bottom line is you ne- there was never any evidence that your son was guilty of this, correct?
2: Uh, you know, it it's, it went on for a year, and uh, they could never present any of that information that they said they or the evidence that they had to move forward. So it eventually all got dropped.
1: So, so there there was never anything and no no evidence nor any conviction or anything close. To, it was never a trial. Nothing. It was just dropped. He never,
2: right? He never even got the. He never got to the point where the judge asked, "How are you? How do you plead? Innocent or guilty?" We wow. never even reached that point.
0: How about never that? Never got
1: there. Okay, and so and but this was an, an incredible ordeal over a very long period of time. It took you forever just to even get the computer back.
2: Oh my uh, gosh, that was another right. big, uh, big fight. Uh, Okay. Because I wanted to see what was on that hard drive. Because I come to find out that that computer records dates and times of when it's turned on and off. So my theory was, well, we knew it was turned off at this period, right. but some of the evidence they showed us that it was on at this point. So, Well, you know, that would be a conflict. I mean, if they really looked at all the data that they supposedly did, I would have thought they would have solved well wait a minute this computer's turned off so okay. I can't be downloading right. this information at right. this time
1: okay Stan I, I, I got thought, I, yeah. I got it all and, and the, the details yep. are important but we don't need to get too bogged down into it the bottom yeah. line is that your son was innocent and either by a weird coincidence or by design he was targeted uh with with this uh this ill ill-conceived uh, prosecution uh, and, and I'm wondering, what is your belief? I mean, do, do do you believe that this is all coincidental, or do you believe this is connected to your role as a grand juror who spoke out against Mike McQuarrie in the Jerry Sandusky case?
2: Uh, I tried to find information to show one way or another, and I have yet to be able to definitely say one way or the other. Of course not. <laughs> yeah, statistically, <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs>
1: The odds I mean, are really, off. Odds are off the charts. Uh, I
2: mean, yeah, just statistically speaking. I mean, what are the odds of something like somebody that served on a grant and their name shows up on a magazine? Next thing you know, you know, you're. I mean, statistically, you know, it's like wow.
1: Okay, but know. let's let's just go through the statistical element of this and and, and, and the timeline. So so you speak to Don Atta of ESPN the magazine. You tell him you have uh, serious doubts about the credibility of Mike McQuarrie. He, for some reason, breaks his deal and 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 provides your name, your hometown, and your employer in ESPN the magazine for absolutely no reason. You then immediately get a letter from the judge threatening you uh, with ramifications if you keep talking, and all of a sudden then your son gets accused of... In a criminal matter involving child pornography where the judge signing off on this happens to be the husband of the lead prosecutor and Mike McQuarrie's best friend in the Jerry Sandusky case. Uh, When later we find out there was no evidence and no crime committed and it all gets dropped that could all be an unbelievable coincidence
0: may I add one thing sure that he's charged with child porn which would be the one very thing that would completely discredit you Stan completely discredit yeah, I, you because boy that guy would stand up for the guy who's uh, accused good of, point. Of, good yeah, point of
1: accused of molesting the, it the and crime it. itself by the way yeah, the crime by the way itself. by the way a crime that, for which there was never any evidence against uh, uh, Jerry Sandusky All right, so Stan just to, to wrap this all up. Uh, you have grave suspicions that this was not a coincidence, correct?
2: I mean, like I said, I can't prove one way or another. I mean, you try to find out, and it's just, I mean, I even applied for Freedom of Information Act to try to get stuff, and I got shut down so quick from lawyers from Philadelphia sending me stuff representing the people around here that I asked for the Freedom of Information Act on certain stuff. And it was like, Wow, you know, I asked for a couple emails, and it's like, you know, you know, I just, you know, it's like, well, <laughs> what am I supposed to think? You right. know.
1: Well, again, I'm open to the idea that this is an unbelievable series of circumstances. However, I, I mean, however, uh, that's one. Yep. But but let's let's pretend for a second that it's not. To me, it it is an, an extraordinary uh, uh, example. Uh, not just of the corruption in Pennsylvania, uh, which Liz is already uh, literally laughing about, but but also think about um, if, if they were really confident in their case. I mean, you are a nuisance, right? You're, you're a basically a fly in the in the ointment. Here you are. You weren't even on the actual jury. You're a grand juror, and you're making you know not even all that horrendous allegations, you're just saying you didn't find Mike McQuery credible for for this, this, and this reason, uh, the, the Je- Sandusky's already been convicted, right? The, 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 this is already a done deal. It's a mute,
2: uh, right. it's a mute point. I so, mean, so, my, so, my opinion don't count for anything. So right. Like... My,
1: my, point, my point is this, Stan, that if they felt confident in their situation, in their case, they would go, eh, okay, no big deal. He's just a nutty Penn State fan who's on the grand jury. But I believe... That, that your story actually indicates how unbelievably insecure everybody in this situation is that they know they're wrong and that, therefore, they must kill the fly with a sledgehammer because you're a potential problem because they know this is all a house of cards. What do you make of that assessment?
2: I mean, it's as good as any other one. I mean, it's like I said, I, I can't find anything to disapprove, approve, or anything. It's just a, a series of events that you're trying to figure out can that really statistically happen or is there something, is there an outside force here that I don't know about and, you know, is there, is there something more here or not? I mean, I can't.
1: Well, and, like- and
2: likewise, I have no information to show either. I mean, I can't make accusations because I have nothing to support it and I can't have enough information to not you know you and, know
0: the show it's not
2: possible you I mean, can make
0: accusations you know, all you want what and, yeah. let, and by the way let's add
1: one other element to this series of coincidences let, let, we cannot forget that the don van atta article got completely and totally altered, censored, and changed to go from being an attack on Mike McQuarrie to a bouquet of roses to Mike all except for you. Uh, and, and, And it's my view, Stan, that what happened here, from a journalism standpoint, is that Don Venata goes to ESPN thinking he has the goods to destroy Mike McQuarrie. ESPN decides for whatever reason, and this is not, this is the non-conspiratorial theory that, you know, there's not some you know, dark forces working behind the scenes to, to censor this on behalf of the state of Pennsylvania. This is just ESPN protecting their own interests because after all, they vouched for Mike McQuarrie. Mike McQuery was the reason why they destroyed Joe Paterno back in November of 2011. I, I think they tell Don Van Anna, Don, we can't do this. You know, my, we, this is going to make ourselves look like a bunch of morons. This is going to bring the whole Case that we vouched we put all our chips on the table. On uh, th- this is this is very dangerous. So we're g- not going to put any of that stuff in there that's negative about Mike McQuarrie. So now Don Vanatta has no story. He, he, he has nothing new. And now all of a sudden you become important because you're new. And so and so and this is actually uh, this is Liz's theory that she she posed when we were talking about this previously, where now you become more important. And then that's partially why and under the non-conspiratorial theory, he puts your name and your employer and your hometown in there. Uh, and so it's it's possible that the Don Banana is unwittingly involved in, in this uh, quote unquote conspiracy against you. But there's also the possibility that the you know something more nefarious is going on. But that's that is my those are my two basic scenarios as to what transpired here. None of it is good. All of it is consistent with there being a huge, massive investment in making sure that nobody says anything negative about Mike McQuery because if you say something negative about Mike McQuery you you hurt the narrative on which all of this is riding and that made you dangerous and when you're dangerous you've got to be destroyed or at least damaged and i'm sorry that you've had to go through all this it's obviously had a huge impact on you to this day you're you're not you know willing to talk totally freely about it and i get it as frustrating as that is but, uh, but I mean, what, are, are you, what is your bottom line on all this, Dan? Do you feel as if, uh, you know, the, you wish you had never gone through all this? Uh, did you learn something from it? I mean, what, what's your, your bottom line assessment of your entire experience for the last 10 years on this whole thing?
2: Well, you know, the one thing that comes to my mind first of all is, you know, uh, freedom of speech. You know, I always thought we were allowed to, to speak whether facts or opinions, you know, something. But yet here in in Pennsylvania, I'm not allowed to talk, you know, my freedom of speech is pinched a little bit because I'm not allowed to talk about, you know, anything that occurs in a grand jury. You know, it's off off limits. So, you know, it's like, my, my other question is, well, what happens if you would know something and who would you go to then to say, hey, I, I think they might have goofed up, you know, and you can't, you're not allowed to, you know, and I, I think that's an interesting, you know, thing about the grand juries. Uh, i not saying I know anything, I'm just Right. And by the way,
1: and to be clear, you do still have free speech on, on certain aspects, like you can give your opinion on, do you believe that Jerry Sandusky needs a new trial?
2: You know, it's one of those situations where I think he should be, you know, if they want to really clear things up, give the guy, you know, a trial. I mean, you have all these witnesses. I mean, you you, you, you should slam dunk. I mean, you should absolutely slam dunk and put him away forever and arrest anybody, all the people, all the talk shows or whatever, conspiracy theories or whatever. They can put them to rest. They could, you know, go out there because they have all this information, and it, it would be a, a slam dunk. I mean, wouldn't it be? I mean, they, you know, so. I think
0: they did slam give dunk. Them
2: a, you know, give them another but, opportunity. I, I wouldn't. But you, would
1: but Stan, to be clear, you do, you agree that Jerry Sandusky's trial was not a fair trial, right?
2: Uh, from the outside, I mean, you know, it's what, what's a fair trial? I mean, I. You know, with the, the amount of material, I mean, it seemed like maybe my show maybe gave him better opportunity. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's. I, and I think that's been brought up, but I think he loses every time he brings that up. So, uh, you know, I try to think of a, on a legal point. You know, what's a fair trial? But you know, opinion wise, you know, I don't know. <laughs> There's always doubt.
0: I guess I don't know. I'm sorry you're afraid to talk. Yes, Stan. I mean,
1: it's ridiculous that you're not willing to say that you believe he has, he wants a fair trial because another trial because you've told me that many, many times. Uh, So on the
0: record changes everything. On tape ever changes everything. It just creates so much fear, Mm -hmm. Stan. There's, I I mean, come on. There's nothing to be afraid of with that. You're not giving any grand jury testimony there.
2: Like I said, there's elements out there that you don't know about, uh, but you know. I think everybody should have an opportunity for a, a fair trial, and you know if they're making a point that he didn't get one, you know, I think he should have an opportunity then maybe to, you know, to clear clear things up. But you know, with, I, I don't know how the judges, you know, it, it always looks it, it it would be tough. You know, I, and we talked about four. I, I think it'd be tough for them to ever get a retrial. I just.
1: Well, it's never going to happen in Pennsylvania because we've seen through your story how invested the entire state of Pennsylvania is in this narrative. But it could happen via a federal court, which is where his appeal currently is.
0: It's not tough if people start saying what they think and opening their mouths. It's not tough if the, the truth comes out. If people start questioning things out loud, that's when it won't be tough. But when you're muzzled and you're afraid, that's when it is tough. So a lot of people in Pennsylvania need to stand up. And that is true. And fear, fear is keeping people down. So I I believe you. <laughs> You're afraid. You're clearly well, afraid, well, Stan. Well, I can well, hear it. You're well, afraid. Well, Stan, I'm sorry
2: you've
1: had to go through this. Yeah, all I'm sorry. And you I'm too. and I'm sorry and I'm sorry that I uh, and I sincerely am. I'm sorry that I uh had you do an interview with Don Banada it was I, I I was wrong to trust the guy I I thought you was, didn't
0: know I mean what will I, you know if someone tells you they're no, gonna do wrong. that you're gonna I think you're wrong. a journalist I guess I,
1: I, I, I did my due diligence I got a, an agreement in in writing via email that he was going to protect your anonymity and that didn't work and now no, normally in the in the old world that would have been enough but yeah. <laughs> you really got to know you really got to know I use I know.
0: this all the time stan you got to know your source so well and that's why I sit here with John because I really trust John as the source of all of this right so john if you screw me anyway uh for some reason i mean he
2: felt like you said he felt the need to, to put my name out there and it's like yeah, why? i'm sorry what what what's the motivation and that's you know like you said you have your theories i'm puzzled too it's like well, why why would you do that yeah. it doesn't make sense it really to me didn't you know add anything to the story you know
1: yeah, there had to have and, been a reason. There had to have been a reason, and we'll probably and, never and, and know. And they always it say was. there's a
2: reason for something like that, you know. And unless he's willing to to say it, and I would rather not even deal with the knucklehead. I mean, it just yeah, <laughs> just it's terrible.
0: Like,
1: all right. Well, well, Stan, thanks for right. telling us most of your story, if not all of it. <laughs> and uh, I think
0: we get the point, though.
1: Yeah, I agree with Liz. I, mean, I think the point has been clear. Mm-hmm. And
2: uh, yeah, it's. It's it's tough. I mean, you know. I mean, I don't know what the other ones think. On, I, I have no contact with
0: them. Oh, who cares about them? <laughs> yeah. No, it doesn't but, matter, Stan. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. All that matters is what you think for yourself. That's it. That doesn't matter. You don't need consensus.
1: Yeah. all right well stan thanks so much i do appreciate your, your both your time and your diligence on this and for caring about the the truth and and for what really did and did not happen here and, and again i apologize for for making your life and maybe even your your son's life more miserable than it needed to be uh and so for whatever part i played in that i i do sincerely apologize well,
2: it's you know you didn't see it coming i mean i didn't see it coming and you know it's
0: John didn't see anything coming in this case, and I'm surprised every time we do another episode of this podcast as to what has happened in this case. It's amazing.
2: So what happens in the podcast? You guys replay something, or you edit things out, or you...
0: Nope. you're here in all your I, full form. There, there it is. <laughs> we, we, we will not manipulate a thing to sound anything different than what the truth is that we get out of people's mouths. Although we let people make judgment on it. Although we'll
1: probably edit out the question you just asked about the podcast. We probably will. <laughs> <laughs>
0: all
1: right. Yeah, we okay. might edit
0: stuff like that out. Okay. All right. All
1: right. Stan Bolton, thanks so much for your time, and I'm sure we'll keep in touch, buddy.
0: Okay. All right. Take care. Thanks.